Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Honoring the human element. People make it possible. That's what we're going to be focusing on in this podcast. The underlying reason for thoughtfully addressing the human element is to create environments that spawn and sustain growth. The goal is to develop a culture that focuses on people, all of the varied stakeholders. The end game is to be an employer of choice. I'd like to start with the why and the how of leadership that gets and keeps people driving towards a mission, a vision, and goals that keep an organization viable. The why is the people. It's simply that. The people, the staff, the customers, the shareholders, even the regulators, all of the people who are a part of the puzzle. The people are more essential than the product and any other output. That's because no outcomes can happen without the people. Cultivating good relationships is essential to getting to the end game of great productivity, high-quality products, and stellar, stellar relationships. If your focus as a leader, doesn't clearly reflect a deep understanding of how very important people are, you need to clean your lenses and refocus. If the why is the people, the how is with a human touch. This is not physical touches or inappropriate groping. It's the way we make people feel. The human touch runs deep. It goes to human resources, policies, and procedures. Are they consistent with a workplace that really values people, that honors their contributions? Is there enough flexibility in your policies to balance the employee's needs with those of the organization? I know that this is a tough balancing act, but it's so necessary. The human touch extends to your performance management system. Are leaders throughout the organization using a performance management system that includes coaching, individual development plans, and other structured ways to invest in people? Is your system equitable? Does it treat all employees, regardless of age, sexual orientation, ability, race, or other factors with equity. The human touch extends to how leaders lead, how managers manage, how supervisors supervise. Be sure that you've invested in developing all levels of supervision, management, and leadership 
so that they understand how to manage performance in a way that gets positive results. Make an investment in building competence in that very important skill. This is one of the ways that your organization will be able to demonstrate real competence and a real focus on the human element. Now, I am not saying that leaders need to ignore operational, strategic, political functions of running an organization, the lobbying, the positioning, the strategic alliances, the market penetration, the research and development, the product enhancement. Those are critical imperatives. Leaders have so many constituencies that a laser-sharp focus on the human element can be really tough. However, without talented employees, the enterprise can't survive and flourish. So, a key component of effective leadership is recognizing dual constituencies. Throughout my consulting career, I've had the pleasure of working with so many different organizations and and continue to work with lots of varied, interesting, challenging enterprises. And let me tell you what I've noticed. The panorama of human commitment is vast. In the cases where the commitment to the people is clear and easy to detect, the environment is markedly different. These organizations are more open to collaborative approaches. They work at building strong bridges within the organization and with their external stakeholders. These are the organizations that reach out to form strategic partnerships and alliances. Now, I compare this to cases where the commitment to people is questionable. My observation is that these are the organizations that struggle with silos, they struggle with stagnation, they struggle with retention, they struggle with employee satisfaction, and so many other issues. So, what does it take to be on the end of the continuum that balances people and the mandates of revenue generation? What does it take to value people, visibly demonstrate that commitment, and keep the business sound, strong, and viable? I want to share three strategies that will help you strike the right balance to lead with a focus on the human element while remaining aware of operational mandates. The first one is to build a collaborative work environment. I'm a strong believer in cooperation and collaboration. I believe that it starts at the top with leadership. The entire organization is looking up they are expecting you as leaders to model teamwork. They're looking for you to model the listening, the compromise, and the commitment that are all components of high-performing teams. Create an organizational structure that uses teams and work groups to maximize levels of participation. Ensure that you have strong internal partnerships between business units. 
If you see silos and divisiveness and too much unhealthy competition, address it. Be sure that leaders at all levels have the competencies required to foster collaboration. Don't make the assumption that everyone knows how to lead a team. Ensure that they have the skills, the knowledge, the abilities to create synergies. Provide adequate training and education so that each and every person from the CEO down understands how teams function, the roles and responsibilities of all team members, and the basics of collaborative conflict resolution. Be sure that rewards, recognition, and sincere thanks are consistently utilized to reinforce successful collaborations. Up next, incorporate diversity into your business model. We live in a complex, multicultural world. Our diversity includes obvious things like race, gender, national origin, different abilities, sexual orientation. However, diversity is so much more broad than that. It includes additional factors like military service, political leanings, level of education, the traumas and losses that you've endured. Viewing diversity in very broad terms enables you to foster organizational practices and policies that support equity and inclusion. Conduct a climate assessment to see how different people are experiencing the organization. Now, this implies that you're mindful of the fact that we may be in the same organization, but based on our diversity, experiencing, interpreting, and absorbing it very, very differently. Once you've gathered the data, plan to make corrections, adjustments, and to recalibrate so that everything in your organization is aligned with valuing equity, diversity, and inclusion. This includes looking at how assignments are given, the promotion and tenure process, the disciplinary process, each and every aspect of how you do business. This is not for the faint-hearted. It requires a willingness to dig deep and unearth all that lies below the surface in your organization. The notion of diversity runs deeper than simply including different people. It extends to incorporating new, different approaches to the work. Just because an approach has been used for years does not mean that it is the only or even the best way to tackle the work. And that leads me to the last of the three strategies for honoring the human element. That is, create a climate for innovation. That means that you'll be soliciting ideas, proceed to discussing those ideas, and then start the process of experimentation with many of those ideas. Begin the process of idea generation throughout the organization 
by actively asking for input from employees at all levels and in all departments. This includes maintenance, facilities, housekeeping, administrative roles, senior level people. Remember that people in the support roles are often overlooked. Make every effort to demonstrate your inclusiveness by inviting them into the process of creating an innovative environment. Get people talking about the things they wish they could try. Encourage them to be expansive in their wishes, in their ideas, and in their dreams. The next thing that you have to do is to create incubators for experiments. Test new ideas. Understand that some are going to succeed and others are not. In both cases, track what you're learning as you are experimenting. That learning will be very valuable in the future. Reward people for trying new approaches, whether they succeed or fail. The failures will provide information for future innovations. An innovative climate stresses the special value that each person's ideas bring to the organization. This type of climate creates stronger linkages between people, their work, and the organization. It's time to wrap this up. Consistent, congruent leadership behavior that intentionally factors people, their needs, and their interests into every decision makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating commitment to the mission and the strategy. This type of leadership serves as a role model for collaboration, for inclusion, and for innovation. That's what poises organizations for enduring success in spite of fluctuations, uncertainty, and instability, those things that are so commonplace. The goal is to dig deep to discover the issues that matter most and to lead thoughtful, deliberate action in addressing them. This is what helps you create a culture where people, all people at all levels, are connected to each other and to the organization. If, as you listen to this podcast, you recognize the need to develop in one of the three areas mentioned, start work today. You can be a leader who truly honors the human element. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.